0: Blog Talk Radio Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show
1: On a cold winter night, it is I, the king of DC Media, the one and only, the numero uno, the undefeated, undisputed, unbowed William Powell himself. Welcome back to this episode of Inside Acting. Inside Acting is brought to you by DC Actors Examiner, where you can find many tips on acting, Q&As with celebrities, and a whole lot more. Find it by Googling DC Actors Examiner. Want a shout-out for your business? Want to advertise your film premiere, for example? Right now, I'm offering 30-second spots to advertise anything you want for $20. Reach thousands around the world. You you can't beat that with a stick. Contact me at william400 at yahoo.com. That's william400 at yahoo.com. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. My guest tonight is none other than Tico Wells. You've seen him as Dr. Jerry Taylor on The Cosby Show, who delivered Sandra's Twins. You've seen him as Choir Boy on The Five Heartbeats. He's worked with Godfather director Francis Ford Coppola. He's worked with director Spike Lee and actor Samuel L. Jackson and Al Pacino, among others. Now, Tico's got a new book out called 30 Days to Peace, Prosperity, and Power, and he's a strict vegan, among other things, so let me bring him in, Mr. Tico Wells. Good evening, good afternoon, how you doing? Man, I feel great. How's the weather out there on the West Coast? It's beautiful, man, it's beautiful, California, you know. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, I can hear you fantastic, yeah.
0: Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hey, uh, the, the book is not out yet. I'm working on it now, and uh, but uh, I am working on it, and uh, it hopefully will be out this year, 30 Days to Peace, Prosperity and Power. Yes, thank you. I uh, appreciate that, and thanks for having me on the show.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. It's always good to have energetic, uh, very busy guests on the show. So tell me a little bit more about uh how that book is going to be structured and what's it all about. Well,
0: yeah. well, right now, um, you know, as a, as an artist, um, you know, we we sometimes have different areas that we express through and um I had read a book before. Uh, called The Abundance Book, and um, I sort of patterned it off of that. You basically have a page to read every day, inspirational uh, reading, and then you have a little uh, affirmation afterwards that you sort of meditate and pray on, and, and then you go into your day, and you do it for 30 yeah. days and um, with, with the intention of uh, transforming your life in different areas. So, you know, just trying to put something positive out there, something... You know, um, spiritually motivated and something that uh, inspires me.
1: That's what's up. I hear that. Go ahead.
0: No, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, it, it, you know, uh, I, I really appreciate that we have a mutual friend, Marjean Holden. Yeah. Uh, just appreciate you guys thinking
1: about me. Oh yes, she's been a fantastic guest on the show It's always great to have her on the show Now I know that you're a uh, uh, big on the vegan li- lifestyle So uh, what are some of the advantages of, of uh, such a lifestyle?
0: Well, um, I became a vegan about almost 30 years ago um, I was always uh, into trying to find out how to get the optimal you know, level out of myself Physically, from a, a nutrition standpoint, and just over the years, I met people when I lived in New York, and who who were into um, health and you know cleansing. And um, I started out in '84, did a 40-day coconut fast, and that was wild, and
1: but it changed <laughs> my
0: life. And I I, I never uh, I never ate meat again, except in 1992, I had some uh-huh. fish down in Jamaica. Had some 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 uh, what do they call that um, what's that for? Salt fish saltfish salt saltfish man yeah man
1: <laughs> <Anyway>.
0: <laughs> but I, I decided that I, I didn't want to go back into the meat thing it was, I was having a good time with um, you know trying to keep it light but uh, it's it's been a journey um, I ate a lot of um, soy products and fake meats for most of that time and. In the last couple of years, I've cut way, about 90% of that out of my diet, and that feels even better, Um, you know. um, But it's just about trying to uh, honor yourself, honor your Mm. temple. I don't think anybody has the perfect diet, but I think there's uh, there's conscious eating versus Mm. How I grew up with just uh, loving in the in the cooking, but uh, you know I grew up in D.C. and Maryland, and my folks are from Virginia, so we ate everything from Twinkies (laughs) to you know we ate everything on the pig, but the oink. Used to say that, and uh, most people ended up with diabetes, cancer, heart disease, high blood pressure, those type of things, and. I used to tell my mother when I was five, I said, I'm going to come up with a cure for cancer. Uh-huh. I thought I'd be a scientist in in a more traditional sense, but um, uh, it, it was more an alternative lifestyle that yeah. I uh, worked on those areas.
1: Yeah, so ahead, it's sorry. Funny, you, you, you funny you say that because I know uh, my dad eats a uh, hogshead every year, and I went over there. Uh what was it? He has it every every year for uh, New Years and I went over there and I had uh-huh. a couple little pieces of it. I mean not too much, but I might have pork my, my, about once or twice a year. But I know what you mean. Yeah, here in the DC area, yeah, we say we say we eat everything but the oink. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: My mother used to eat uh brains, brains and eggs every New Year's Eve to make her yeah. smarter. You know, one of the wow. New Year. And uh, we used to eat something called sausage loaf.
1: Oh, I love salt. Like, you know what I mean? Pure it's, fat. Like, Salted scraps
0: of whatever they didn't, you know, make into the ham or the hog moths or the chitlins. We see chitlins stick up the yep. whole house eating chitlins. My mother would cook those. Um, <laughs> it was good, man. Chitlins, that was a delicacy at my house.
1: Oh, Lord. Oh, chitlins. Lord. Oh, I love chitlins. I very rarely have them. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. My my affinity for hog guts is uh, it's high, but uh, I know it's not good for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you don't like it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what it is. But, um,
0: That's uh, what it is. You know, I just I met people in New York who were really into um, trying to raise the consciousness of how we were taught. You know, when our people came over here from Africa, we didn't bring our food with us. Mm-hmm. As uh, Doctor Sabi, who's down in Costa, in uh, uh, where is he? In uh, not Costa Rica. Oh, oh anyway, Doctor Sabi, uh, he says, you know, we didn't bring our food with us, so we had to eat whatever we could find over here, and we mm-hmm. and we we really creative about it. Right. But I think as we evolve as a people, we want to become more conscious about, you know, how we live. Exactly, And, and uh, you know, I used to get a cold, a terrible cold every winter mm. um, growing up. And it wasn't until I became more educated that I realized that, you know, colds are basically things that are trying to get out of our body because we put stuff in our body that doesn't necessarily belong there. Uh-huh. You know, all the snacks and all the junk food and, you know, all the artificial drinks that we do, um, you know, I'm not sure if 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 our temples were made for all that.
1: No, it wasn't. Special like soda and all it soda's too I wouldn't even drink soda, that's oh, uh, ooh. She people still drink soda? In it. <laughs> I don't I don't mess with it. Yeah. You know, yeah.
0: The, the thing is too, I'm at a point now where I really don't want to turn people off with the conversation because people already feel like vegans are snooty. And snobbish and, you know, and make, you know, and put down how they live their life. And just like I I wouldn't want to do that with religion, I don't want to do that with food anymore either because there's some people out there that may not eat as consciously as they can, but they're some of the most beautiful people in the world. Right. And there's some people who, quote, unquote, eat consciously, but, uh, you know, bastard personality types, you Mm. know. So um, I think it, 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 it has to be done with, as a part of your overall outlook, not just, you know, diet alone. You know, yeah. And there's being, you know, exercising, uh, being kind to your fellow man and that kind of thing. So that's how I look at it
1: yeah uh Tico, so now i'm gonna put you on the spot here now, man now I have a friend that's uh, a vegetarian and one thing he does though sometime he'll he'll uh, when nobody's looking he'll veg out on those uh dunkin donuts he'll get a whole box of dunkin donuts and, like <laughs> bins. So you don't have a you don't have a sugar binge out you know every now and then do you well i make i make apple pie with uh
0: a spelt cr- crust, organic apples, pure maple syrup, pure organic cinnamon, pure organic olive oil, and uh, and I, I use a almond crust. I'll grind uh-huh. up my almonds, that over top of it and make the crust. So I don't use any chemicals and stuff like that. And it, it tastes pretty good.
1: Yeah, you're making me hungry.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I will get some,
0: some cookies every now and again from the health food store.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, when I come to the area, there's a place that I go to called Everlasting Life over uh-huh. uh, on, uh, on on Central Avenue near uh-huh. near the Beltway. Yep. And uh, they make soul food vegetarian. And I'll I'll get down over there. They they I love that place. Hmm. Um, but. Usually I I shop at, you know, the health food markets and the farmer's markets, and I I like to prepare my stuff at home because I like to have it real simple and kind of keep an eye on going into it. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think Dick Gregory
0: is an inspiration, too, growing up. Uh, Oh, yeah. Inspiration and people like that. Um, yeah. We very we conscious lose brother. a lot of people unnecessarily I think. You no, know, and then during the holidays we, we eat ourselves to death. Uh-huh. And people get sick and they, they call it cold and flu season, but really it's you ate too much. And you ate a lot yeah, of Yeah, I think stuff that's what it is. Yeah. It. And
1: then
0: they mm-hmm. call it a cold, but your body's just trying to protect you and throw that stuff off.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know your book, you, you, you uh, hear you describe it. It um, sounds like you touch on spirituality a little bit. And I know talking to Margins, he's really into uh, consciousness and for lack of a better term, sort of, I know she does the self-help kind of seminars and things like that. So how has yeah. spirituality helped you in your career?
0: Well... You know, there's this concept that we are all spirit. We're mm-hmm. all spiritual beings having a human experience.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And throughout many religions, people believe that when we the physical body dies, we go into another reality, another consciousness. So in essence, right. we live on forever. Um, right. Even, you know, um, in, in Christianity, they believe in uh, that life continues. Continues The Christian story is that you either go to heaven or hell. Um, right. Other religions have similar ideas about where you go, what happens to the body. Um, I actually don't know where we go when we die, but um, I'm always... I feel good about the concept that we can live on in, in, in a spiritual essence, a conscious essence. I don't know. Uh-huh. The older I get, the less I know. I do heavily relate to God, as we call it, the deity, the creator, the universal intelligence, you know, these kind of words. Um, Right. I don't think anybody has the answer. I used to. I used to uh, be a staunch religious person. I'm not so much religious anymore as I am Um, just trying to wake myself out of the, the, the stupor that, one can get caught up in and, and living in in this world um, mm-hmm. with such materialism, and you know, even being in Hollywood is so much about what have you done for me lately, and right. you know, um, um, and you can lose you can lose touch with the fact that you're just one of God's create creations,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, so. Spirituality, to me, means tapping into that field of possibilities, that infinite field of, of, of life that we can't really see but we can perceive, faith, mm. uh, integrity, um, intention, um, love, you know, qualities like that.
1: Hmm. Um,
0: working on yourself to be a better person every day.
1: Right. Um, you know,
0: connecting, connecting with spirit through prayer, meditation, thought processes. Knowing right. That, you know, I have a, a mantra that I say, that I'm healthy, wealthy, wise, true to myself, and free. I'm at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time, doing the right things with the right people, right now, right on.
1: Mm-hmm. And, I love and it. I dig it. Action, I dig it. I dig it. Huh? This is a dig it, man. I dig yeah, it right yeah. on.
0: Yeah, you know, these type of affirmations we can use to to sort of keep us on the right track as we move through this this life. Um I'm a big fan of Abraham Hicks. You know, are you familiar with Abraham Hicks? Yes,
1: yeah, Abraham and e- Esther Hicks. We yes, dyer, yes. uh a lot of those guys, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I even I even like Joel Osteen. I Me too. I, I kinda misread him at first. I thought he was fire and brimstone, but he's really he's the
1: opposite. down to
0: earth. You know, really like him.
1: I really so Joe like Prince him. is good too.
0: Joe Prince, I don't know him.
1: Yeah, look him up, Joseph I him. Prince. I'll look him up.
0: Okay, Joseph Prince. I I've heard that name. Yeah, there's so a good many friend
1: beautiful of- beautiful
0: uh people who are trying to Give us some enlightenment, right? About life, um, and the you know the teachings of the great deities are all beautiful. From Jesus to to the the Buddha to the you know Krishna, you know all these people give us some some insight. You know, of course, different religions believe that they have the only answers, and uh, I used to believe that too until um, I started researching and doing a little, you know, investigation on the origins of things. But um, I used to be real afraid to, to, especially around black folks who Mm -hmm. only know Christianity or only know Islam or only know, you know, Judaism. Right. It can be, be intimidating to sort of branch outside of that anyway and, come from a more universal point of view. It can be it can be intimidating. But um I, I don't care so much about public opinion in that area as much anymore.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Getting older
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah My older go,
1: back. About go ahead. What's that? Oh, you said something else? Go ahead. No, I was just saying I'm you, getting
0: older. Have my yeah opinions
1: of. <laughs> that's right, so let's go back down memory lane a little bit um back in the eighties, so how did uh the Cosby show change your career? um well,
0: you know, I see it all as a whole that you know. I'm on this journey called life, and that was one stop on the on the train. Uh, I had auditioned for, for that show several times and finally, uh, you know, went up for the doctor role, and Bill said, hey, okay, everybody did really good. Tico is going to play the doctor. The rest <laughs> of you guys, I'll see you at the next audition. And he was <laughs> real beautiful to me. He let me hang out with him and come to different tapings. I came to a whole bunch of tapings and hung out with the cast and
1: hung uh-huh. out in
0: Bill's office and took my dad up there and turned out they were both Q-Safari. <laughs> you know, those of y'all who know what Q-Safari fraternity is, mm-hmm. uh, most of us who've gone to historically black colleges know what that is, but uh, Bill Cosby was just great. He just it just gave me... It was the best show going at that time in New York For just right. about any actor But particularly for You know dark skinned folk Like myself uh, There weren't right. any TV shows available to us Where we could get good roles And that was mm-hmm. one So it was a blessing It was definitely a blessing And I, I love him for that You know Yeah. I, 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 I have followed Cosby As of late with some of his comments about our uh, poverty-stricken community and our, our criminal-minded brethren and sister. And uh, my views on that is that sometimes the people who have the least amount materially uh, struggle to, to, to make it smoothly in society. And... They have to take responsibility, it's true, but they also have to be taught certain principles that give them the tools that they need to maneuver through some of the the treachery that they have to face every day.
1: um,
0: I know when I was growing up in D.C., you know, Mm -hmm. at three years old, my mother could let me go outside alone by myself at three. Today, Mm -hmm. a parent wouldn't dream of that. So right. the Philadelphia that Cosby grew up is not the Philadelphia that exists today. So I think mm-hmm. we have to take take that in consideration. It's rough out there in the inner the cities, and um, a lot of a lot of kids don't know how to make uh, safe choices or constructive choices.
1: And, and we, yeah. we have
0: to find a way to inspire them as opposed to just tearing them down. So. If I get to talk to my friend Mr. Cosby, I hope we can sit down and and, and have a dialogue about that.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, that would that would be fantastic. Yeah, have a a hall and have like a like a debate or a conversation. That would be that would be fantastic. Yeah,
0: and, and his, I believe his heart is in the right place.
1: Yeah, you know, and I believe he cares.
0: I just think that you know sometimes when you have your own jet planes and you know. You know, you got several hundred million dollars in the bank. You, you may there may be a a, a communication gap uh, mm. between yourself and and those who are less fortunate. Um, that's you know that's just my opinion. So, so let's
1: move on to him. yeah. Let's move on to uh, the five heartbeats. So how did you get that gig? Um, in
0: short. I was an extra on Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing, and the extra's casting director was the liaison for Robert Townsend when he came to New York to find actors. And she Mm -hmm. brought me in as one of her people, and I did an improvisation on stage with Robert, and he turned to his casting person, Jackie Brown, and said, "Uh, uh, 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 put him down for Choir Boy. I think he'd be good for Choir Boy. Now, mind (laughs) you, I didn't have a script. I didn't know what the five heartbeats were. I didn't know what a choir boy was. I didn't know anything. He, the, uh-huh. There was no script given to us. We just had to get on stage and improv with him and, you know, and,
1: and, and, and you know,
0: act like we were temptations or whatever, and, and he would give uh-huh. us a scenario, me and him and, and the casting person uh, in this big auditorium. And a few months later, I found out I got the job, and I flew to California. And uh, I knew it was time for me to be in California, and I've been here ever since. Huh. And that
1: was what's 1990. A 1990. What's a memorable story from that set?
0: Oh, God,
1: there's so many. First of all, it was one of the few
0: opportunities I got to work with a predominantly brown-skinned cast and uh-huh. who, you know, that's a rarity in Hollywood you very rarely find African Americans working on the crew and in front of the camera, right, right alone. Uh, either one. Um, but uh, just to see Robert's genius of, 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 of managing all of that. I mean, we had some really big, really big scenes, you know, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I there were so many things. I mean, uh, There's so many things. I mean, Michael Wright was sort of our, you know, inspiration for acting. He was brilliant. I think he could have gotten an Academy Award for that performance. Um, oh, yeah. I was sort of the, the musical theater person, singing, dancer, actor. Leon was the lover, the smooth, cool brother. Harry was our sort of spiritual leader. Harry Lennox, who's on uh, the blacklist right now, um, he was our spiritual rock um and uh who did i miss? Did I miss anybody uh and Flash <laughs> John Canada Terrell who came in uh, he was just uh he's 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 a character on his own. I mean, he's got all the good looks that a Hollywood star would ever want and he's just off the chain. He he's he's a bad boy sometimes, but um love him to death and just Getting to work with Diane Carroll, I mean, come on, I grew up looking at Diane Carroll, you know, just, oh, oh man, yeah. Robin Harris was in the movie, he, didn't, he got cut out of the movie, um, but you know, got to work with him, Eddie Griffin got cut out, it was so I much footage that. that everybody couldn't make the final cut, and wow. it's really been one of the times that I've gotten to work on a film from start to finish, I haven't really had that, ex- that, that experience uh, very much in my career. Um, hope to have it again, but um, so it was It was really special, and the fact that when the movie came out, they took it out of the theaters after three days and hmm. had it sparse plan around the country, it was really depressing for us in a way. We thought we had failed, and then wow. it kind of took on a life of its own through DVDs and videos and TV, and it just has continued to grow, and yeah. it is, it's a... Folk classic. Oh, yeah. So I'm grateful. I'm definitely grateful.
1: You know, yeah, definitely grateful. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, you said there was a, lot, a lot of people were cut out. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even Anne-Marie Johnson had a bigger part. It was
0: just too much mm. footage. We had We had so much footage, you know, dance numbers and songs and, thousands you know hundreds and hundreds of extras and, um the woman who wrote uh uh eve's by you she's the woman in the front row who uh jt and and uh and, and eddie kane jr uh flash flash and, and jt are singing to this woman and she passes out uh casey lemon casey lemons yeah uh-huh. yeah she did uh talk to Me. What was that? Uh, what was that? Song, what was that movie about? Um, Petey Green, remember Petey yeah, Green? Yeah, talk to me. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. She she wrote and directed that one too. Um, big talent, big talent. There's a lot of talented people. You know. Um, I, I mean, I just um, I'm just thankful, and I thank everybody out there who supported that movie and thought that we did something special. Um.
1: Yeah, I'm going to fire up my Blu-ray player and <laughs> watch it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, come, it came out on Blu-ray, right? Yeah. Coming out on Blu-ray was, or it came out on Blu-ray, I'm not sure. I don't have a Blu-ray player. I don't even have a flat screen. Can you believe that? <laughs> You're old
1: school. Box
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I got an old car, old box TV and a 2008 computer, so... I'm not always up to date but
1: uh Yeah. I, I
0: try to make up for it in consciousness.
1: I get approached by cats all the time about getting in this business and it's like I just have a standard reply now that this is like this is a heart thing. It's not a head thing, it's not a money thing, it's like a gift from God and it's sort of like you're either built for it or you're not. It's like it's not a it's yeah. not a rich man's yeah. game. It's If anything, it's a, like almost a, a poor man's game in a way. Well, I think,
0: you know, a lot of people become pretty wealthy and, well, a, a percentage. Maybe 5% become really wealthy and yeah. maybe 20% make a good living and yeah. a lot of people have to have other jobs. Um, right. I've been fortunate I haven't had to have other jobs but um, I knew I would be either an athlete or Washington Redskin or an entertainer all my life. I used to fantasize and, you know, I really wanted to play football. But uh, I, I was so small, I, I kind of said, eh, let me go on the show. <laughs> Couldn't you take those hits. And my poor Redskins <laughs> this year, what a bad, what a terrible year. But it's life. It's life. Oh, it's how you- it's how you react. I thought Robert uh, Griffin showed a lot of class, and I thought the whole Redskins organization showed a lot of class in a terrible season, and um, they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't get, I'm a big football fan, as you probably can tell.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, I, I, I might have you back. Uh, I know a couple of weeks ago I have a big football show, uh, the 30th, so if you're around, yeah, I definitely would have you come back.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, I want to give a shout out to uh, my good friend Mark Staggers and uh, the band Social Hour. Um, I was out there um, in Thanksgiving and uh, and uh, performed with them. And we're going to be on uh, February 15th. We're going to be uh, at the Embassy Suites Hotel in Springfield, Virginia. Okay. Uh, they're going. are going to have a uh, a, a a play. Uh, And um, uh, Called Secretly in Love And then Mm -hmm. the Social Hour Band is going to perform And uh, I'm going to join them Make a special appearance with them Uh, That's February 15th In Springfield, Virginia
1: Okay And uh, where can people buy tickets?
0: Uh,
1: let's see Let's see Oh,
0: wow I don't have that information Um Check out BKS Events. Brian Smith at B is in boy K S Events. Uh huh. Uh, Brian Smith, and uh, that should lead you there. Uh, Or either the Embassy Suites Hotel uh, calendar. The play is called Secretly in Love,
1: Uh
0: and the band is called Social S O U L. C I A L Hour Social Hour And uh, they perform on Wednesdays at uh at uh, 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 uh Tacoma Station
1: Okay, I know where that is.
0: Yeah, so we'll be we'll be uh I'll be out there on the 15th of February. So come on out and check us out.
1: Okay, yeah, if nothing happens I'll, I'll see if I can show my face in the place there. All right. Yeah.
0: And Mark and I do a, a tribute to Luther Vandross, There's Nothing Better Than Love. Uh, it's on okay. YouTube. And it's also on, uh, on Mark's, on his, on his CD. Okay. So Mark staggers. And uh, just want to give a shout out. And uh, to all my peeps in Maryland, D.C., and Virginia, all the way down to Petersburg, Virginia, out in <laughs> Mandover,
1: Maryland, Laurel, Maryland.
0: Who's My hometown, Landover.
1: Landover, you know. Yep, and uh, 1923 Columbia okay. Avenue. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, right, I grew up next right. to My uh, neighbor was Lynn Bias. Women in Kentland. Uh, no, was Landover, Kent? uh, Columbia Park. Huh? Okay. Columbia Park. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Columbia Park. Yeah, I, I lived in Columbia Park. I went to Columbia Park Elementary School in fifth grade.
1: All right. Yeah, I was there for. <laughs> I, I came out of there in seventy eight. Okay. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're, we're old neighbors. Old neighbors. I don't know what year you came out. I don't know if I put you on the spot there. I <laughs> know, right? Right. Uh, I came. I came on. I came on seventy nine at Laurel High School. Okay, I went to Northwestern. You went to Northwestern. Yeah, it came out in 84. Okay. I've been out of high school 30 years almost. That's like unbelievable. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? I can't. But it's a good thing,
0: man. You look, you, you look great on your picture, so
1: you're doing something <laughs> right.
0: Thank you're you. You're doing something right. Unless that's an old, old, old picture, but it doesn't seem like it. So <laughs>
1: know, November 2011. Thing, yeah, you
0: know, yeah, hey, you know, that's another thing we have to deal with is, is – You know, our society has taught us not to 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 embrace our age, and it it causes a lot of inner turmoil. Mm. You know, and and we've been pushed into this young honoring young people only, Mm -hmm. and and not really having respect for ourselves as we mature, and Mm -hmm. we gain all this experience. You know, we that that gap between the older and the young, I think, can, can really use some bridging because the the older people have something to offer and the young people have something to offer. You know, I'm not one of those people to say, yeah, we did it better in my day. You know, nah, forget that. I meet some brilliant people who, you know, anywhere from zero to, you know, 100. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I'm not one of those people to say, you know, the young people of the day, they don't know what they're doing and they're messing up and got the pants hanging all down and they're just stupid. Nah. no, nope. <laughs> No. There's some brilliant young people. There's some brilliant young people and, and, and they don't get enough credit. You know, as I travel around the country, it's brilliant minds that we don't see on the TV because we don't run the TV and we don't run the media. Right. We see a lot of crap TV about our people, but we're brilliant. We're brilliant people, and oh, yeah. as a matter of fact, they're brilliant people of all races, you know, and buttholes of, of all races as well.
1: So, <laughs> tell me about you it. Got me you got me on my soapbox today. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We have about, you stole the words right out of my mouth, about a little bit under seven minutes. So there's a whole whole lot, Tico, man, there's a whole lot I wanted to touch on. Um, uh, The main things is I wanted to get into Mississippi Masala and Universal Soldiers, some stories from those sets, and then talk a little bit about uh, auditioning and, and callbacks, how you handle those. And we we'll just wrap up with uh, how fans can keep up with you.
0: Okay, cool. I got a great one. Uh, Mississippi Masala. Uh, Denzel and I were doing this scene where we're walking down the street. I'm playing this younger brother.
1: And yeah.
0: I, I, I came up with my, my character being in the Flavor Flav and Public Enemy. Uh-huh. So I, I wanted to wear this big clock in tribute right. to Flavor Flav. Denzel didn't think that was appropriate because he thought it was too New York. And I was like, D, D, they have televisions down here. They watch BET, okay? You know, he <laughs> thought they were in the Stone Ages because they were in Mississippi, and that just not wasn't true. they country, <laughs> but they, they know who the rap groups coming from New York are at that time. This is in the early 90s. And right. uh, we went back and forth back and forth, and the director, this beautiful Indian woman, Mira Nair, or Mira Nair, she's looking at these two black men going back and forth. First of all, she's tripping the fact that I'm even standing up to Denzel because he's such, you know, he's such a superstar, and I'm like, who is this kid, Chico Wells? You know, but we're going back and going back, and then finally Denzel says, well, if you wear that big-ass clock, I'm going to rip it off your neck. I say, yes, <laughs> now we got a scene. And we got out there, and he's ripping into me and telling me that I should be hanging out on the street with these hoodlums and and, and, and crackheads and stuff. And he takes that clock and grabs it and slings it down the street. And I go, oh, man, what are you doing? And I go running after it. And the scene was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And we we really earned each other's respect that day um, through that creative process. Um, And... I followed him I, when I was in college. Um, he was in a soldier's play in New York. And for uh-huh. my class project, I did, I did a, a, a report on the play. And that's the, uh, well, actually, the second time I met him, I met him playing Malcolm X. He was playing Malcolm X in a play called When the Chickens Come Home to Roost.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: but uh, that was, and, and then so I would see him periodically after that interview and then even when we were doing the Five Heartbeats, he came on the set because he and Robert had done uh, the Mighty Quinn together. And okay. then after the Five Heartbeats, I get this job, Mississippi Masala, and uh, get to work with him. So it was it was definitely a highlight of my life to to work with somebody like Denzel, who's just he's a pro, you know, he's just a pro, and and I love him to death, and uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Universal, Universal Soldier, Soldier. Yeah, that, that's an that's a oldie but goodie um, I, I, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren was going around Knocking everybody out on the set Man, He was way out of control And <laughs> he punched the guy in the nose And his nose was bleeding and, and one of the things as an actor You learn early on Is that you make it look like it's real You don't actually hurt the person And Jack was grabbing my throat, man. He was choking me right before he kills me. He was choking the mess. I said, dude, I said, dude, pretend, pretend, please. Grab my my collar of my spacesuit. And so the director says, and action. And he grabs my neck again. I'm like, I give him this look. And then he puts his hand on my collar. And then, you know, I, I get whacked in the movie, but... Um, I really had to stand up to that six foot five, you know, mound of muscle, um, and sometimes you have to do that on the set. You have to really, you know, gain your respect from people because yeah, uh, sometimes you run into actors who just think you know the world revolves around me and you're just a prop. So if if you fall off a building or whatever, it's okay <laughs> as long as my close up looks good. But uh, he, he ended up respecting me. And I, I respect him for respecting me. Because I'm like, I'm from D.C., dude. I don't play that, man. What you talking about? Uh, but that movie is going to have a sequel. And uh, what was the other thing? How do I handle callbacks? Yeah. Wow. Um, sometimes not so well, because you don't know whether to do exactly what you did before or continue building on what you did, you know. So I just say, you know, sometimes I try to wear the same outfit. I try to give a, a, a hint of what I did before, but continue growing. You know, when you're uh-huh. script, you have a script, live, you know, you, you, uh, until you're shooting, you have a chance to keep improving on it. So mm-hmm. I say get better. Get better. Right. You know, and that, how can fans keep up with you? Um, The best way right now is just go on my blog, man. Reach out to me on my blog, Tico Wells, T-I-C-O-W-E-L-L-S, blog, B-L-O-G.com. You can catch me on that, and uh, that's that's where I I mostly keep up with
1: people. Tico, man, thanks for coming on the show. I definitely want to have you come back uh, January 30th for the football show. And uh, I I learned so much from this interview, man. You've just been just a blessing to be on this show. Thank
0: you for having me. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. You know, bless you with everything that you're working on and and all of your
1: endeavors and stuff.
0: And and thanks again.
1: Oh, Tico, it's it's just been my pleasure, man. So you just have a blessed week and we'll talk again soon. Peace. All right. Bye-bye. And let me leave you with this quote from General George C. Marshall. If man does find a solution to world peace, it will be the most revolutionary reversal of his record we have ever known. Good night.